Round one was over. <laughs> Parents won. Kids sipped. I only hope that we never lose sight of one thing. That was all started by a mouse. Did we just become best friends? Yep. Gentlemen, start your engines. Such a madness around here. Hello, everyone, and welcome to DDP Today, a show that's a little about us, a lot about Disney, and fun for the whole family. My name is Justin, and tonight I'm joined by two of my buddies. I'm super excited. We're not going to go into all the uh, good things I could say about you. You know, I just don't want to really tonight because we're going to jump right into it because we have an amazing topic. But before we get into the topic, I do want to hear how you're doing. I'm going to start with a guy who was supposed to be at a concert tonight, but he loves this podcast community more, the great Mr. Mike. How are you, man? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. It's um, I'm looking forward to this. I have a long weekend off. I'm off uh, from this point on from Thursday, June 8th, and, you know, just full transparency uh and i'm off i'm not about to work till tuesday of next week so i have quite a few days but we have the ccmf festival in town uh last year when the when the festival rolled through i was a new you know south carolina person and i didn't know much about the festival and i was a new guy on nights so i wound up getting stuck working the event that 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 time uh, we had a lot of uh law enforcement stuff going on as much you know concerts in this big kind of crowds bring in we kind of uh kind of got stuck with it but after you know going to work it last year i said this is something i really want to do my girl were there they had a great time so i got my four-day passes for the ccmf festival which is uh like i said started today laura and the girls are there tonight um joe had to have some something came up so he couldn't get on i was a little tired about going because i worked most of the day and I said, you know what i'm just gonna kind of relax tonight since joe had a you know you know, bail out tonight because he had stuff going on tomorrow. I said, let me just jump on with you guys so I can, you know, get my little Disney fix. Uh, I'm going to pick the girls up from the concert later, but then I have quite a few days ahead of me, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Uh, Kenny Chesney, Miranda Lambert, uh, Brett Michaels. Should be pretty cool. I'm, I'm really looking forward to having the time off, spending some time with the family, and being able to check in the festival. So it should be pretty cool. Did you know, so you know about my wife and Bruce Willis. Like she, That's her, like, crush, right? Mm-hmm. She has yep. all the Bruce Willis posters still down in her Hope Chest in the garage. Did you know her other crush is Brett Michaels? Oh, really? I'm like, <laughs> I can see that. What in the world? Like, so my college girlfriend had a crush on Steve Buscemi, and then now she has a crush on Brett Michaels and and uh, and Bruce Willis. Like, maybe it's me. Like, maybe I. You know what I mean? Like, maybe it's, I'm not. I don't see in the mirror what actually I am. Maybe I don't know. I don't get it. Um, we'll we'll check that out. But anyway, let's move on. To someone, man, it's hard to even look at him because he looks relaxed. He looks tan. Looks like he just got back from Jamaica, the great Dan Rossi. What's up, man? Yeah, man. Everything is going to be (laughs) iry. No, I'm good, gentlemen. I am... uh um, I, I kind of I think I need a vacation from my vacation. You know, it's it was a, it was a great five nights in Jamaica, uh, but now I need to kind of get back into the groove. I'm actually back at the firehouse tomorrow, so I'm a little tired today. I had to, I had to catch up on some work um, for away with me travel, and you know, and now it's right back to it. Like I, I work a lot over the next ten days, and then Jen is actually headed back out of town next week. She's going down to Florida to go visit family, and she's going to be down at Disney World. So uh, I'm going to have to be holding the fort down for a while. Sandals, Jamaica. Sandals, Montego Bay. It was it was great. Yeah, L- love sandals. Uh, it is the is it is the like the Disney for Disney adults. Even though Disney yeah. is the Disney for Disney adults, but you know it's it's a great place for couples to go. I love it. It's uh, you know they definitely take care of you there, and I I love the people of Jamaica. They're just so darn nice down there, uh, and they're relaxed. You know, we were talking about that. Like even going like whether we when we got there in the airport or anywhere we were, like they're just they're having a good time. They're singing. You know, they're working in the airport and they're singing. When I was at O'Hare in Chicago, there, <laughs> there was there was nobody singing. So yeah, but. I don't think you're gonna get that. Uh, speaking out uh, up north, I do want to throw out real quick uh, our thoughts with everyone in the Northeast right now. They're having to deal with the horrible air quality that's going on from the wildfires in Canada. Uh, to our friends in Canada, we love you. Keep it up there. You know what I mean? Don't share so much. Don't be so nice. We don't need it down here. Um, so thinking about you there, it's been really, Mike, I mean, your old stomping ground neck of the woods there is, looks, I sent you a picture and it's like, I mean, it's like apocalyptic. It's, it's really scary. 
Yeah, my mother told me that uh, they her doctor warned her to stay in. Um, I know they canceled a lot of events. The Yankee game was canceled. Any kind of outdoor sporting stuff. Uh, schools were closed today. Uh, you know, I guess no more snow days, so they got to get, I guess, smoke days now. I guess it's a thing, I, I guess, up north in the northeast. So I don't know. I, I've been seeing the pictures. Some of my friends, obviously, on Facebook. I have a lot of local friends and family up there, and they've been posting some of the pictures. And uh, I know the pictures don't do it justice. And they said that, yeah, it's it's kind of cloudy and eerie, and and, uh, and the quality of the air the the smell and the ability to breathe is just tough so uh yeah i'm sorry for them i'm kind of glad i'm down here you know not not panicking breathing all that in up there but uh but yeah i mean hopefully that'll clear up for them soon and uh they'll be able to get back to somewhat normal yeah definitely uh and if look if you need to escape escape to walt disney world i mean it's nice uh down here beautiful weather come on down and uh and hang out go to disney to get away from that's what we do during hurricanes from charleston we normally go to the parks and get away from everything so come on down and uh, enjoy the nice weather as we've got it going on right now. Uh, I do want to say really quickly here in Charleston, everything's great. We start our first week of summer. I'm having to remind Riley that uh, I cannot entertain her every hour of the day, that she's going to have to entertain herself at some point uh, this summer. But we've been doing a lot of activities, and uh, we're starting to settle into a routine somewhat uh, there. But, um, of course, starting summer, uh, Riley gave me her strep throat. And now it's moving into bronchitis, they think. So uh, I will be muting my microphone a lot tonight. But if I do miss it and I cough, I apologize. And I hope that you understand that uh, sometimes we all get sick. But I'm here and I'm excited to chat Disney because we have an amazing topic. It's one of my favorite things to chat about. So uh, Mike and Dan, you guys know this. I am a huge space nerd. I read a lot of Neil deGrasse Tyson books about astrophysics. I watch documentaries. Like everything space I can get my hands on. It absolutely fascinates me. I, if I could pick one person to sit down and have a conversation with right now, it would be Elon Musk and you know him taking space travel, the privatizing space travel, and uh, making it more affordable. And, and it's just, it's, it, with reusable rockets and all that, it's simply incredible the leaps and bounds we have made in the last decade with space travel, and I've always dreamed into going into space. But I know for a fact that I will never happen for me. Why, Mike? Because I took Math 109 three times in college, uh, and so <laughs> I don't think being an astronaut is in my future. Uh, I'm more of a planning vacations type of guy. But, uh, but I am here tonight to talk space with you guys because we are going to do a DDP in-depth of mission space. The attraction, single most attraction that terrifies me the most but also interests me the most at Walt Disney World. Before we get to the attraction itself, though, guys, this attraction doesn't start when it's built in Epcot. This attraction starts well before with Walt Disney's fascination with the stars and looking out into the heavens and wondering what is there and will man ever venture into the stars. And he starts to really gain fascination uh, back in the late 1940s, early 1950s, and he brings his fascination to his show, Disneyland. On March the 9th, 1955, there's an episode of his show Disneyland that is called Man in Space. Fantastic uh, show. You can check it out on YouTube. It's about 50 minutes long. It's amazing. What he does is he takes his ability to use animation and storytelling along with interviewing scientists, rocket scientists, and being able to tell and explain to the world, to the general public, how we as a human species will someday reach the stars and use rockets to get there, it is really fascinating how he can use animation and storytelling with this to show the people how this will work. Uh, Ward Kimball directs the live action and, of course, the animated film. And uh, they actually bring on a lot of great rocket scientists from the time, rocket scientists that would eventually go on to send men into space uh, through the NASA program. Uh, one of them that is on is the famed scientist Dr. Werner von Braun. He gets on there. He's explaining how rockets work, how we build rockets, and how we are going to use rockets to eventually explore the stars. Um, and it is an absolutely fascinating look into Walt Disney's you know, love with the stars, with space, you know, his always journey into wanting to learn more and to see more. And it shows you in 1955, he has the opening of Disneyland right around the corner, shows you that we are going to at some point definitely have space attractions in the Disney parks. Just to give you an idea, in 1955, we are still six years away from putting a man into space. Six years. At the time, the time that they filmed Disneyland, Man in Space, NASA is planning to launch the first ever satellite into space. Just to give you an example, as of about two weeks ago, there are 7,702 active satellites in space 
right now. That doesn't count the ones that aren't active. Uh, so the journey we've made over the last 70 years is quite incredible with the space program. And a lot of it has to do with the fact that Walt Disney was able to introduce to the public and bring support from the public to build the NASA space uh, uh, program. And it's really, really is incredible. And the fact that we look forward all these years later, that we are now able to go to Mission Space and us ourselves go into and explore the stars and go to Mars with the simulation is something that Walt Disney would be very, very proud to see in his parks and to see inside Epcot. So let's get into the attraction itself a little bit. If you want to check that out, I will put the link right below for you to go over to YouTube and check out that show. It is fantastic. Do that there. But let's talk about the attraction. Let's talk a little bit about the history of the attraction itself. Mike, this attraction replaces Horizons. It is, uh, at the time, kind of a controversial move, but I think one that really made, uh, made a lot of people happy in the long run. Yeah, and what some people didn't know was the actual Horizons building, the the integrity and the construction of the building was at, at stake. There was a sinkhole that was developing at the at the bottom of that building, so there had to be something done with the building. That's what was left abandoned for a while. Um, so it, it, something needed to be done, and this is the kind of direction they wanted to go. So in early 1999 is when they decided they had to destroy the entire building because of the integrity and the and the way the sinkhole was kind of taking place. That this this had to get changed. So they started putting steel girders in for a new foundation uh, and then there began the beginning of what we know as you know mission space um, a few years later fast forward as they're doing the construction they're, they're building it a little bit bigger than what it was horizons because the horizons building was a lot smaller than what the actual mission space area is now so they, they've really took over that area quite a bit um, you know nasa disney and hp all collaborated together to put this ride together uh, nasa was going to design the ride engine behind it. Disney was going to put its Imagineering behind it and a lot of the story. And HP was going to flip the bill. You know, they kind of said, we're going to, we're going to, you know, pay the tag on this one. Um, it was a hundred million dollars is what it cost to do Ooh. the construction of this. Um, and when you, when you start getting into some of the details, you're going to see why this is such an expensive ride because it's a quite complex system. You know, we talk a lot about the thrill rides in the Disney parks, um, you know, whether it be rock and roller coaster and the, you know, the, those kind of roller coaster fast rides, mission space kind of gets overlooked quite a bit i think because maybe because it's enclosed because you can't see it like a, like a track and coaster car but the uh but the the mechanics that go behind this and the 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 actual ride that it, the, the toll that it takes on your body is intense like a roller coaster so i'm really surprised that this doesn't get mentioned when it comes to a lot of the thrill rides when it comes to you know the parks you know even when you talk about epcot it's usually just you know test track and soaring you very rarely hear about mission space uh some people do talk about it but not as much as you would think with some of the other ones um you know once they got once they got the idea that they were going to put all this together they had a the istc as you guys know was the uh the fictitious kind of program that you were going to go through and they were going to simulate the ride uh and and that's how that started and then it was June 9th of 2003, they had a soft opening, and they had quite a few uh, astronauts came down and quite a few people from HP, and uh, uh, Bob Iger was there. There was quite a few big Disney you know, VIP executives there. NASA people were there, and they got to check it all out, and that's when the soft opening was. And then it was late, late August. Uh, late August into September was when the ride kind of opened you know, for the general public. Uh, but when it did open, uh, because of the intensity of the ride, they had to tweak the ride a little bit because it was so intense with all of the motion that uh, people were really getting sick. They had to add sick bags to the ride after a while because it was that bad. And unfortunately, that the the way the motion of the ride took place, it was you, people were popping up with things that you, they weren't giving warnings about, where heart conditions or uh, different types of ailments you might have, a pre-existing condition. And unfortunately, they had a couple of deaths on this ride. You know, uh, one person had a pre-existing condition. She was 49 years old and she had some some heart problems. And then somebody else had another little boy had a uh, had a pre-existing condition which led to this. So there's a lot of cautions when you get on this ride. So if you've never been on it before, it's something you might want to try and tackle. Uh, when you do go to get on the ride, you're going to see a lot of the cautions there. Uh, but it, it's a very cool, complex system the way they have it set up. Uh, Dan, have you seen the way the the ride setup is? How the uh, how the the cars tilt and how the motion goes through? Yeah, yeah. And you know, you mentioned like the all the warnings, and it's funny. Because you see that in every, any, any roller coaster you go on, you see those warnings. But like this ride is a little different because, again, they're, they're putting, you know, 
basically two and a half times your body weight. Isn't that what like two G's is? Is like two to mm-hmm. two, three yeah. times your body weight? Like they're putting a lot of pressure on a human body. And, you know, 90% of the time you see those warnings when you're going on these roller coasters and you really don't think anything of it. But this this one is severely intense. And if it's something you can't handle or you don't have or you have some medical issues, this is a ride you definitely either want to pass or you want to go over to the green side where you're going to be a little more tame. Um, but yeah, talking about the attraction queue, you know, I know there's several items as you're going through the line. They have they have plaques from like the past, the present. They have some fictional like future missions, space missions that they talked about. Uh, I know there's some replicas from the movie Mission to Mars. Uh, they had like a gravity wheel from there, and then also they have I thought there was a a, a replica of the NASA Moon Rover uh, somewhere in that line. And then when you get into the pre-show, that's when you're in the International Space Training Center. I know a lot of people were obsessed, uh, upset because Gary Sinise was the one who, who was your mission leader for the longest time. And they replaced that a few years back. I think was was it Gina Torres that, mm-hmm. that yep. uh, yeah, that took that over. But again, you, you're you kind of like they go through like the mission that you're going through. You're the mis- mission to Mars. And then you're, you have four different roles. You have because I think you're set into uh, groups of four. Uh, before you go into that into that meeting room and then you're either going to be a navigator a pilot a commander or engineer and then once you go through that whole setup they they get you into the ride vehicle and i'll tell you what it is it's it's a little intimidating because it's it's a small space and i know justin you're not a fan of you know being you know cramped Mm -hmm. into a small space like that and there's there is not a lot of room when you get in that vehicle no that's the one thing about this attraction that uh gets most people is if you are a bit claustrophobic it's not the attraction itself that gets me. It's the fact that they put you in this uh, in this ride simulator, you know, simulator, and you you literally are strapped in with a, a, a shoulder harness. And then also the whenever you're about to experience the attraction, the cast member then pushes a green button outside, and the entire panel in front of you actually comes down towards your face. And there's a good reason for that, and we'll talk about that uh, when we talk a little about the ride system itself. I, I do want to get into the fact of the story behind this attraction and the, what you're doing a little more um, because that is one thing that Disney does so well, Mike. You know, whenever we're talking about attractions, everything's based around story. We've said that multiple times. I think if they did this and they just said, hey, you're going to get to go and you're going to experience what it's like to go in space. You know, we're going to put you in a centrifuge. We're going to put G's on your body, and you're going to experience what it's like to launch into space. People would do that, but then they also would go, eh, it's, it's a one and done for me. The fact that you are a part of a story is huge. And the fact that you are training, like Dan said, as a, as a fictional character, really, to go to land on Mars is big. Um, and kind of as we go through the story, I mean, everything from the launch simulation to being into deep space, Mike, where, you know, you experience weightlessness for the first time. Disney and NASA did such a nice job with implementing the, uh, the ride system with the story that it does feel like you're actually launching into space. It does feel like you're actually experiencing some sort of weightlessness whenever you get to that point in the story. Yeah, and part of it also is they have a couple of cooling fans that are behind your head, so they have this cold air blowing behind you. They're also the 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 mechanics behind the screens mm-hmm. too. You know, they have the uh, 3D screens in front of you. They're similar to it, uh, the same type of 3D screen for the those. 3D TVs that kind of came out for a while, uh, the same kind of technology, kind of a 3D that you don't need the glasses for, which is why you don't wear 3D glasses in this. And I think if you were wearing 3D glasses in this, like if you were on Muppet Vision or something like that, it might take away from the story. The fact that they were able to do those type of screens um, to visually put your body in that too as well really gives you that different kind of feeling. Um, plus, when you're when you're a part of a story and you're going through the, the mission and you're, you're going through your tasks and pressing buttons and going through the thing, it kind of gets you... A little bit more involved than just getting a ride you know just kind of being sitting there and to be immersed into that and kind of having that little bit of pretend to kind of get you out of your 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 zone where you're just you know in a in a box and you're just taking a ride uh this makes you kind of 
play along with the whole cast as you're going through and um, getting to see some of those really cool things while you're at outer space. They put you in that, uh, the, the different effects in your body too as they're going through the story. You know, they put you in that sleep mode and you kind of feel that zero gravity because the, the cabin kind of tilts in a certain way with the spin to make you feel a little bit weightless and your body kind of pushes the other way. It's, it's got a very cool feeling the way they do that to you and the way they're able to simulate and kind of trick your brain into feeling you're doing something you're actually not. Can I tell you that gives me the most anxiety out of anything is when they put put you in sleep mode because I all the lights go out and it's pitch dark and I just am locked in this place and I I, I have to tell myself I, I do this silly thing. Dan's been on attractions with me. He saw me freak out on attractions before, right? It's not a, it's not an unknown thing. Like I don't like I don't like being locked in places. Um, I do this thing where I have to have my phone, like so I know for a fact. My phone's almost like like a stuffy, like a kid's stuffy. You know what I mean? Where I know for a fact that if something goes wrong, I have my phone. And that's why I have a hard time with some, like, universal attractions where they take your phone. You know, you can't take your phone on with you. And I'm like, oh, no. You know, what happens if I'm stuck? You know, I can't do this. Uh, and uh, But I, I'll actually grab my phone, and I'll have it ready. And if I was ever riding with someone else, if that sleep mode went longer than maybe four or five seconds... I would light that place up with my flashlight, guaranteed. I would be like, hey, hey, we're out. nope, not sleeping. It's not real. You know, I would do all that stuff. Um, it, you know, you, you talked about Gary Sinise. I loved Gary Sinise in this. The dulcet tones of Gary Sinise, uh, you know, walking me through, making sure everything was, was good. But in 2017, when it did close for refurbishment, I do like the new storyline that, that they brought to Mission Green. And I do like the aspect that this this attraction gives guests the opportunity to pick what they want to do. I mean, Dan, it's one of those things where you're not, you don't have to go into this attraction and experience the two and a half G's that you're pulling. At one point you're doing 35 miles per hour in the centrifuge. I mean, that doesn't sound like a lot, no, but it's two and a half G's on your body. I mean, it's quite the experience that you're feeling. You can do, uh, you know, mission green and mission green used to be the exact same as mission orange. 2017, they said, we're going to do something different. We're going to go and we're going to actually do an um, orbit around Earth instead of a, a mission to Mars. My question to you guys is this, and Dan, I'm coming to you first. Would it be interesting to see Disney do certain attractions where you do have maybe a less strenuous version of that attraction? Let me give you one. Take a closure, which takes a lot of redoing. For example, a Space Mountain. Right, right side, little more aggressive. Left side, little more tame. Uh, kind of a ride through space. It's a super inter- interesting concept that Disney's given you multiple options to do this, and I kind of enjoy it. You know, pers- for me, I would say no. Like this, I think is a special situation because again, I don't think there's another ride on property. I get and correct me if I'm wrong. This is the only ride on property where that they have sickness bags on the attraction, correct? They don't have any that anywhere else that I can think I of. I believe so. Right? Yeah, I can't think of anything yeah. else there is. So I mean, I think this is something that's so intense that they have to have an alternative to it. And so like Space Mountain, I mean, I don't know. How how are you going to make Space Mountain like it's it's not super intense. I think it's just kind of jerks you around a little bit. You know, pe- that's what I think most people that don't like Space Mountain don't like the fact that they get thrown around. So I mean, do you want to go on a slow Space Mountain? I I don't know if that would be very fun. So, yeah. and and unfortunately for me, I rode it in 2016. So I got I went on the uh, twice, that once on the orange and never again, and then once on green with that Mars mission. So I have not been on it since it has been the Earth mission on the green. I'd like to do it, but I would have to do it by myself because Jen now, like, she did it orange the first time, and she will never go again. Like, she's, like, definitely afraid of it. You know, (laughs) I can tell her that green isn't that bad. She doesn't want anything to do with it, and she won't go on it anymore. So, unfortunately, I haven't even experienced the new ones that came out in 2017. So, what, six years ago? Mike, did I ride this with you? Mm-hmm. Yes, we did. And I That's right. You, you forced me. That's the last time I, I rode this attraction. I think it was you, me, Sarah, and maybe yeah. Sammy. <laughs> yep. Yeah, you forced me to do it. I remember this now. And that's literally the last time I rode this attraction was, was then. Yeah, um, 
And that was you know the trip. the story itself. Let's let's keep it going. You wake from hyperspace, and then you you have this uh, landing onto the surface of Mars. There's already a base on Mars, which years ago, who would have thought we were doing that? But now, you know, it's looking like in the next thirty years, we'll have a have a, a base on Mars, some sort of existence on Mars. Um, my, you know, the cool part is with with this attraction is the interaction that you get. No matter what seat you're you're sitting in, at some point during this attraction, you do have an interaction where you're responsible to press a button. Otherwise, your um, entire space shuttle will blow up. I mean, it's just completely gone. Not really. You can not push your button. It's okay. There's overrides. Uh, they'll take care of you. Um, but at the end, whenever you're actually gliding down to the surface of Mars, you can take the joystick and you uh, can glide your you know, spacecraft onto the surface of Mars. It's super interactive. I think that's a really cool aspect that they did. They didn't have to do that. It could have just been a simulator. Um, the fact that you have buttons to push. All right, be honest. When you guys get in, do you instantly push all the buttons? I do. I, I can't do it. I, mm-hmm. I just pop, 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 pop. Like a yeah, little man. I'm in an elf, elevator. You know? Just I'm just like, ah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but can we also talk about a horrible overlook is the fact that they built, not to give anything away, uh, spoiler alert, if you've never ridden, turn, turn this off for 30 seconds. They build this uh, landing strip on the side of a mountain. And as you're landing, the landing strip's not quite long enough, and you go off into, <laughs> into the s- snow, uh, which, uh, which I didn't even know there was snow on Mars. We found that out now. That's, that's kind of new. Um, and, uh, and then you almost go off the cliff. Mike, this is quite the overlook. They, they really, shouldn't have, really shouldn't have put that there. Yeah, poor planning on that one. I mean, that was kind of uh, kind of out there. But I guess they had, they needed that for the story. So you know, it, it is what it is. But it's a cool part of the story too, because you're kind of teetering out there, and uh, as you're teetering at the edge of that cliff, you can feel your 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 spacecraft is teetering with you. So it's definitely a cool feeling. And I, I'm sure that's why they've added that effect in there because they were able to do that with the car and really give you that feeling that you were kind of teetering. Let's on the get edge. into it's how. Like, oh, go ahead. Sorry, Dan. Yeah, I was going to say it's like landing at Midway Airport <laughs> in Chicago here. Like Midway, it has it is basically in the middle of a neighborhood of Chicago, and the, the 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 that landing area is so short that when you land, they kick those reverse boosters on so hard. I mean, it, it's it's I I I would have to look it up and I'll and I'll share this in our group. I think it's like one of the shortest runways. Um, of all the major airports just because it's it's basically in a Chicago neighborhood. So it's it's crazy when you land the the force that gets put on you when they were trying to basically put on the brakes because it's 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 insane. So like you're thinking why would they do that? Why wouldn't they just buy more land cuz you know what happens if it's icy or something like that? Now I, now I'm on mission space and I'm I'm breaking through the wall into a Chicago neighborhood. That's kind of like Charleston, West Virginia, yeah. or fly out of that airport. You kind of go the the runway's kind of downhill. And then you kind of fall off the mountain, like you just kind of like <laughs> kind of go down, and then you fall off the mountain, and then you gain speed and go up. It's it's quite quite terrifying for for all of our West Virginia listeners. Um, I'm sure you can comment on our Facebook group DDP Today Podcast Family over there about that. Uh, so let's, Mike. I want to get into the 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 nuts and the bolts of this thing because that is your wheelhouse. How does this thing work? Because this is not something that we've seen in other. Uh, amusement parks, theme parks around the world. This is something that Disney and NASA collaborated with to create a genuine experience for the everyday American of how NASA trains their astronauts. And this was no small undertaking. You kind of alluded to it, $100 million that HP puts up here. And this took a lot of infrastructure that people do not see. They do not know that it even exists um, for when you enter. Because when you walk into the actual ride structure itself, you pretty much only see the pods that you will enter. They seat four people each, um, and there are actually four different centrifuges within this attraction structure uh, that two of them will house the green, two of them will house the orange. Um, and let's roll through kind of how these work and how they uh, make you feel the, the gravitational forces that you feel as you're experiencing the story of Mission Space. Mike, I want to start 30 feet below the attraction. Because three stories below the attraction is where these combines and these these motors truly are housed to power this massive, massive structure that turns these uh, these these ride vehicles at 30, 35 miles per hour at one point. 
And it's really interesting because you talked about it the original when Horizons was destroyed. One of the reasons Horizons was taken down, and you know we see it now with perfect example, Mike. See it now with Guardians of the Galaxy, right? We had Ellen. We had Ellen's Energy Adventure. They used that building or some of that building to build Tron or to to, to build. I'm sorry, mm-hmm. to build uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, right? Yep. They did not use any of the building for horizons they said it was too small that's not true this building's actually a little smaller um but the reason was was because there was a sinkhole the infrastructure was terrible they went in and literally this attraction is four stories tall and people mm-hmm. don't realize it yeah they have these gigantic motors that are down in the, in the bottom of the ground like you mentioned and that's what actually spins the the four centrifuges is what they are and if you were to take the roof off and you would kind of look at it from a, from a top view um it's, you could basically describe it like a spider you know like the like the middle of a spider and all the little mm-hmm. fingers stick out and then at the end of the fingers is where the actual cars are and that the body of the spider as per se would be what would spin the cars around and the cars actually tilt they tilt uh you know forward and backwards to give you the different types of motion and the way the big part that nasa played in the engineering in this was where the cars actually tilt on the access point so to speak where the where the two side pieces that hold it to the main spider body they come into the car in a certain position where your body's going to be sitting to give you a little bit more of that weightlessness uh the the way the pivot point is where the car tilts forward and tilts backwards that's the that may, that's a huge engineering spot that they were able to figure out what the way the body mechanics are and where the mechanics of the ride are how would it affect your body that's a huge part of it too you know it's not like the uh it's not the gravitron you know that you go on at your county fair you know it's something gra- you, it's, it's similar to that um, the- <laughs> hold on hold on that thing do you remember the they would always have the guy who worked at the gravitron and he would stand in the middle and it didn't spin but then there would be that one guy, I don't know if you ever saw this guy, that he would get out and then he would walk along the walls whenever, you know what I mean? Like, so, like you'd be up against the wall and your your little seat thing would go up, you know, and you're like plastered against the wall and you're like bringing it. And this guy would get out and he would just walk like along the walls with his like body facing the floor, the Gravitron. I forgot about that thing. That thing was crazy. Do you know... Do you know how fast that thing spun? I was just curious because, I mean, again, this is kind of like the beginning of yeah. Mission Spaces because, like, as a kid, I loved that. Like, I, there was something where, like, where you could actually, Turn upside like, down. There were yeah. kids that were, like, they would go upside down and they would, like, just be sitting on the wall there. And, I mean, I thought that was awesome as a kid. As an adult, I'm like, oh, God, no thanks. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So similar concept, obviously, but obviously it's not a, a Gravitron. A lot more, $100 million is going to buy you a lot of Gravitron. So, so this, is a, this has a lot more technology <laughs> yes. piped into it. And uh, like I was saying, the pivot points for those cars was, it was a huge uh, engineering masterpiece, so to speak, which is what gives you a lot of that. Uh, that's how they figured out you would get that weightlessness and that pulling the Gs at only doing 35 miles an hour to feel like you're actually taking off in a rocket. Um, so it, it's very cool the way they were able to have NASA design that. And obviously, NASA has made flight simulators and stuff like that for their own programs to train their astronauts. So for them to have a huge hand and engineering feat when it comes to this as the Imagineers when it comes to the ride uh, construction, I think was a, an amazing thing when it came to the, uh, the nuts and the bolts of this particular uh, attraction. Yeah, and you talked about a little bit is the fact that you might not realize it, but whenever you are getting ready to take off, you're getting ready to blast off into space, you're, instead of you just being in a centrifuge and then speeding up or slowing it down to create that, that feel, they are actually leaning you backwards or they are leaning you forwards whenever you go into hypersleep. So that way your body is, feels like a sense of weightlessness because your shoulders aren't touching the seat behind you. Um, really an interesting way that they did that and the way that they introduced the story with that. Um, and it, it, let's talk about Mission Green for a second because a lot of people don't realize, Dan, that Mission Green spins as well. Yeah, I mean, it, I think they said it makes only like one or two rotations during the whole ride. But I, I, I know in the uh, there was a video we should share this on our on our on our Patreon side or even on the whole group side that basically the reason that they have those vehicles spin is because. Uh, I think over time, if, if it never spun, there could be something wrong with the vehicle itself and something could break down. So obviously they have to utilize what the vehicle ride itself can do. Otherwise, something could Yeah, happen. so it's whenever you do green, yes, you do have some movement. It is limited movement. 
but you do have a little yeah. bit of movement with that. Mike, the way they're able to tell a story, they're able to let's let's think about everything that has to come into play. And then I want to ask you a question at the end mm-hmm. of this, okay? The way that they're able to implement 3D video without 3D glasses, right? Mm-hmm. The way that they're able to implement a cue that tells a story of not only something that is actual and factual with with space travel, but also implement a uh, a new aspect as far as a fictional storyline that you're being a part of. The way that they're able to go and build a structure that can facilitate that many guests that often and tell the story itself inside of a pod that only seats four people, make it interactive, and then the way that they're able to bring together the use of the centrifuge to create G's, you know, uh, a gravitational force on your body. Um, And it all has to work in perfect unison every single time. I mean, every single time, this thing has to be absolutely perfect, has to be absolutely perfect. And with all that said, this, all this technology started in 2003. So let, let's think about this. Okay. Do we have attractions now that things have to work more in unison than maybe Mission Space? Maybe. I mean, Pandora, maybe. You know what I mean? Uh, Rise of Resistance, maybe. Hmm. Is this attraction more complex than any other attraction at Walt Disney World? I think like Rise, I think Rise, we'll take that one for example, has more going on. So there's more that could possibly... There's more working work. parts. Yeah, there's more working parts. But I think the the cog and wheel, the mesh of everything together is probably, like you said, more intricate in Mission Space than it is than uh, a trackless car going through the, the AT-AT room. You know what I'm saying? So the, there's definitely a lot of um, components that get put into play with, let's say, Rise, or let's say the simulator version of, um, you know, when you're riding Smuggles Run, or if you're, you know, I don't think there's a lot of... Um, Sinking and uh, that type of all, all of the mechanics that have to come together for Flight of Passage. I think it's a video screen. It's got a little bit of some motion. Uh, it really immerses you because of the size of the screen and the way it's going through and the, and the graphics. But I think Mission Space probably has one of the most intricate things where everything meshes together to give you that that perfect particular ride. Um, I think that what's that's what makes that that type of unique ride. I mean, you don't get that with Soren. You don't get that with Test Track. You don't get that with whatever their biggest rides now. I mean. Even with even with um, you know the Guardians, you know that's a roller coaster that spins a couple of different ways, and it's got some cool soundtracks, and it's got some great motion to it. But I don't think the intricacy of the uh, the cogs and wheels that have to kind of mesh together are the same as it is with uh, let's say Mission Space. Yeah, Dan, this is an incredible attraction when you really think about it. I mean, you you know we're going to get into here in a second where we stand on it, our opinions on it, what we what our opinion to uh, our DDP family if they should do this or not but as an attraction itself it really is quite remarkable yeah i mean i we will talk about this more i had a bad experience on there so I, like from that i'm i'm too scared to go on there again like i, I don't know if i can handle it but on on its surface it's it's a ride that i would totally love going on i, I like i i want to like guilt myself into going on there and experiencing this ride but jen and i were having this conversation especially and i think mission space falls in this uh, in this category, so when we were in Bar or in Barbados, we were in Jamaica. Uh, I think one night at one of the bars, we were just sitting there chatting about Disney, and she's like, "Why don't all these like screen-based rides? Why can't they change experiences?" And I think at some point, when the technology gets better, we'll probably get to that point where you can have multiple missions on your mission space ride. Just because, again, I think it's it's a matter of technology, whether it's Mission Space or Soarin' or Pandora, any of those screen-based rides, it's a matter of having a computer software and video to basically change the experience for people. And I think, what was it Star Tours? I think Star Tours has like 50 or 100 different, like, you know, ride mm-hmm. experiences that you can go through when you're going through it just because some you know there's some small things that change i think at some point we're going to get to a technology where they can basically make you know hundreds of different experiences when you're going on these rides and you know again that's going to yeah, be 100 really cool. 
Good. Yeah, Mike. when Star yeah when Star Tours reopened because they had that little refurbishment for a while, they actually had uh, passports you could get, and the kids could get them stamped. So depending upon what ride experience you had, you would be able to get your you know your Hoth planet sta stamped, your um, you know your bad whatever whatever planet you did for that particular mission, you would get those little things punched out on your little passport card, which is pretty cool. After they did that, and I can definitely see I, I don't see why they can't do that with Soren. I mean you know I, I you know I'm still on the old school. I like the old Soren better than the new Soren. I don't like the the bent, yeah. you know, Eiffel, you know, the the the, uh, the bent screen and the, the the distorted view. So I really wish they would pull that technology together with that. Yeah, I agree, hundred percent. Well, let's get into uh, our, our feelings on the attraction, our experience with the attraction. Dan, I'm gonna start with you. You mentioned Jen um, not loving this attraction. Uh, where does this stand? Do the boys enjoy yeah. it? Is this something that we, you know, we came up with something a long time ago? or not too long ago, actually, that we are going to do where we're going to rate attractions, whether or not this is a must-do on your next Disney vacation, or this is a, hey, you can skip this one, and it's going to be okay. So we're going to rate this from one to five. Five, you have to do it. One is a, uh, don't worry about it. You can skip this thing. Um, Dan, go ahead, take it away. Your family's opinion on Mission Space. My boys love it. Every time we're in Disney and in Epcot, they are riding it, and they're riding Orange. Uh, we wrote it as a family the first time we went down in 2016. Um, I didn't, you know, I, I knew that it was a more intense ride, but I'm thinking, hey, it's Disney. Can't be that bad. We went on it, and I think it was right after lunch. So it, it wasn't a good mix for the Rossi family, at least for me and Jen. We did not handle it well. Got off that ride, was feeling a little queasy, like, you know, was not happy. So then I think the next year we went, I went on green by myself. Uh, but I haven't been on since. But again, like, it's it's a ride. It's it's probably one of the more popular rides. The only thing I would say is if you don't handle motion sickness, just go on the green. It, this is definitely a ride in Epcot that you should go on. It's probably in the, you know, it's 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 one of the rides that will sell out in Genie Plus at some point during the night. Uh, maybe it's probably one of the last ones that will sell out, but it will probably sell out. So I would definitely say if I have to give it one to five, I would say. Should you ride it? Hmm. A number four. You need to ride Mission Space at it's least pretty one high. time. pretty high. Mike? For sure. I was going to run the same, about four. Uh, I think it's definitely uh, an experience you should try. Uh, Laura refuses to try it, so it's, uh, she gets to go for a zero <laughs> on that one. Um, she won't even muster up the strength to do the green, so uh, so there's that. But um, but I think definitely, even if, even if you don't want to do the orange, definitely do the green for the experience. It's something you should kick off your bucket list. So I'm going to go with Dan with the number four as well, too. Uh, I'll give you my opinion. Um, I've talked about this attraction a lot. This, for me, is the most intimidating attraction at Disney uh, to do. And it's not so much because of the attraction itself, it's because of the claustrophobic aspect of this. There's a lot going on with this attraction. I, I enjoy it. Once I get off of it, I enjoy it. I enjoy the story. I love space. And so I would love for this to be my favorite attraction because how often do you, do you get to experience going into space? Um, it's it really is remarkable what Disney and NASA did to come together to create this. Katie and Riley love it. They ride it all the time. Most of the time I'll sit it out and kind of sit out there with them. They give me a hard time and uh they, you know, they give me grief about it. But that's okay. I'm okay with that. Um do you have to do this attraction? I I don't know. I I'm probably not going to go as high as those guys. I think it is important to do. I think if you are at all intimidated by claustrophobia, then please don't do this attraction. This, I, I still would say this is the most intimidating, um, extreme attraction at Walt Disney World. And I don't think there's anything even close to it. Dan, I mean, it, it, it definitely is. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, hands down. Like, I guess if you, if you hate drops... You know, you could throw Tower of Terror in there like if you know that that's intimidating for some people. But what we didn't talk about is when you exit the ride, there is like an area that yeah, you, the kids can yeah. play. There's like these little video games. There's climb. And like my my boys, when they were younger, they they would spend hours in there if we let them like there's little little games that they could play. There's stuff they can climb around in and like they would stay in there forever. And then finally, I would be like, hey, let's go. You know, we got to go to another ride. So. But yeah, that, I that think is that's a, important that cool too. I'm glad, you, I'm glad you got to that. And also, the gift shop is super cool. If you need a break from the sun, or if you need your kids just to get some energy out a little bit, 
you don't have to ride the attraction to experience that. If you walk in through the gift shop, you can go in yep. and let them run around and have their time in that area. Um, really, really nice. Kind of a hidden gem if you're wanting a space to sit down, maybe enjoy a drink, and uh, and let your kids run around a little bit. That is a great space that a lot of people don't know about unless they've ridden this attraction. And uh, look, do you need to try it? Yes, a four, a four, and a three. That uh, that definitely says on your next Epcot stay, you need to go and you need to launch in space and take a ride on Mission Space. Yeah, well, you know, if you if you take our advice, whether it be a four or a three, and you decide to muster up the strength and do this for the first time, and you wind up going through and you pass that cool little area where the kids get to play, and you go through the gift shop, maybe you buy yourself some souvenirs, you know, take a selfie with those souvenirs, or take a selfie outside the Mission Space entrance, and they have those little pass cards you can get on, you know, whether they've taken the orange or the green, uh, have those cards, take a selfie, post them to our Facebook page, because we have an amazing DDP Today Facebook page that has some amazing people with some amazing photos, and they post it every week, and it brings me to my favorite thing every week, and that would be Picks of the Week. Picks of the Week. Picks of the Week. It's time for us to get our Picks of the Week. Uh, Justin, tell me, what's your Pick of the Week? Yeah, I'm going to go with my good buddy. I was just hanging out with him last night virtually on Zoom as we were talking about his amazing vacation, and that is the great Derek Pitzer. He said, in a week, we will be on Batu, but tonight we are visiting Hoth, <clears throat> and they're watching... Star Wars, and I am so excited for him to go down and have an amazing time. They're going to have an absolute blast inside the parks. Derek, thank you again for letting me be a part of your vacation and using Away With Me Travel. Appreciate you, brother. Very cool. Great pick. Dan, what's your pick of the week? Uh, my pick of the week, okay, first of all, the Rossies, we're, we, we, we love dogs and cats, but we're definitely cat people, and we were in, Jen and I were in Jamaica, and if you ever gone to a Sandals resort, they have they have cats on property. They have cats on property, you know, just kind of walking around. They basically take care of, uh, you know, the the critters, if you will, that are, you know, kind of walking around. But, you know, Jen absolutely loves cats. So every time we were walking around, either during the day or at night after dinner, she's stopping, trying to befriend the cat and, you know, petting the cat, this and that. So my pick of the week is going to go to Kristen Fantuccio. She posted a picture. She had, had to get this for the kitties. It's a cat condo. I love it so much. It is a Disney-inspired Mickey, uh, you know, cat tree. Really cool. I probably should not show Jen this because she's probably going to want it. Uh, <laughs> but definitely keeping a Disney at home for your animals. It's really cool. So, yeah, that's definitely my pick of the week. Very cool. Great pick. Uh, my pick of the week, no surprise. I think anyone who's been following along on the Facebook page knows that this is going to be probably one of my most favorite picks of all time. This was this was absolutely great. Uh, and it goes to Lori Euler, a uh, great, great friend, family member of the DDP family. And uh, she wins Mother of the Year because her boys were <laughs> at a expo. And you can see that in Aiden's face how happy he was to meet Hayden Christensen. And um, that's awesome. someone who I would absolutely love to meet. Uh, that is super, super cool. Um, that is going to be, I, I, I would frame that picture myself. That's a great picture. I'm so glad to, that they got to meet him. Um, you know, I've, I've met some people, some heroes in my life, you know, and uh, it's been very cool to meet people. And, and that would be a picture that I would treasure. So uh, great on you guys for being able to meet him. And that is definitely my pick of the month, probably, for yeah. sure, if not pick of the year. She had, Bo- Jody ben- she had Jody Benson in the background, too. She yeah. had, like, a picture yeah. with her. Yeah. I mean, she had a, a definitely a good week. Speaking of Lori, I cannot wait to see her out in Disneyland. We're going to have an absolute blast with everyone out there. If you're still going to come out, there's still room available. Disneyland's a big place. Uh, get a hold of a show to waywithmetravel.com. Heading out July 13th through the 17th for the DDP Today Disneyland Family Vacation. So many great things going on with the Disney community, with the DDP Today community, and we appreciate you guys posting your pictures and posting your stories and keeping it positive each and every week over at DDP Today Facebook family over there. If you're not a member, go join that right now. Uh, Guys, I absolutely love this topic. Mission Space scares me. I'm not going to lie. It's not my favorite attraction. It's one of those that I, uh, I typically do not do because I'm a bit intimidated by it. But I think it's important, and I think as us looking back on the history with Walt Disney and space exploration, it is an important aspect of the Disney company, and I love that we see space exploration inside of the Disney parks, and I think we will see more in the future. Absolutely great topic. Had a blast, gentlemen. Let's close this up because over on the patron side, we're going to talk a little bit more about the Disney parks and some space exploration. If we want to see this expanded in some other uh, venues around the Disney parks, but we're also going to talk about, is there life out there? 
We're going to give our opinions. We're going to talk about a new article that came out just this week. We're going to go down the rabbit hole a little bit, go a little bit non-Disney on the patron side. If you're not a member, click that link below for as little as $2 a month. You can become a member of the patron family and get that extra content each and every week. Guys, let's close this up. Dan, coming to you first. No, I am glad to be back tonight. Uh, I was, uh, wasn't was sure I was going to be on the show this week because I was in Jamaica. But thankfully, you know, you guys missed me so much. You waited until today to, to, to record, so I appreciate it. And now now that Jamaica's done, I am I am all on board with, with Disneyland. I cannot wait. I'm going to be doing all my planning, getting ready for this trip, and it's going to be amazing. Uh, unfortunately, it's too late if you're listening to it now, but we have our DDP hats coming too, so I'm going to be placing that order tomorrow. So I'm super excited about that, and uh, yeah, I, I cannot yeah, wait. Yeah, I love it. Mike, it go. definitely was um, us recording later this week was, was because of Dan. It wasn't because of my illness, that's for sure. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Sure. Uh, Mike, come hey. to you, buddy. <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> I had a great time being with you guys. I was, I'm glad I was able to jump on tonight. Um, you know, I, I'm, the girls are enjoying the concert. I'm going to go pick them up in a little bit while. But uh, I was able to jump on with you guys, and it made me happy to talk a little Disney with you guys. And it got me even more excited for our upcoming I love it. trip. Coming DDP very, Today very family, have an amazing week. I hope that you go out, you make someone smile. I hope you click that link below and you check out that uh, that that show. Uh, you get to see Walt Disney intro, the Disneyland show. You get to see World Kim, Ward Kimball talk about um, Disney and space exploration and, and see the amazing job they did in 1955 at the really infancy of NASA, the infancy of our space exploration as a country, and uh, the importance that Walt Disney played in helping build that program. And I hope you enjoy that. Let us know over on the Facebook page if you watch that and uh, if you enjoy it. Send it, show it to your kids. It's something that's really unique. And uh, click that link and, and watch that below. Guys, I had an amazing time. Love seeing you all. Patreon family, stick around. You're coming up next. For everyone else, we love you. Have an amazing week. And until next time, we will see you real soon. Have a good night, everybody. Have a good night. Have a good night. On behalf of the Disney Dads, we want to say thank you. We hope you find a little magic in your life every day, spread some Disney love, and keep moving forward. And they all lived happily ever after. Each of us has a dream, a heart's desire. It calls to us. And when we're brave enough to listen and bold enough to pursue, that dream will lead us on a journey to discover who we're meant to be. All we have to do is look inside our hearts and unlock the magic within. Ready to begin. Let the and that's a wrap. This has been YDF Media Productions.